This is the Fan Fanatic Podcast. I'm Parker Gerlecki, a.k.a. the Fan Fanatic, and with me as always is my broadcast partner. Dad. A.k.a. Ryan Gerlecki. I've got a passion for all things sports. So, on the Fan and Fanatic Podcast, we'll talk to anyone and everyone from all over the world of sports who will sit still long enough to answer my questions. That's right. Now, as a result of complications from severe brain damage at birth, unfortunately, Parker will never be able to physically play sports. But that cannot and has never stopped him from loving everything about sports and dreaming of a career in broadcasting. So each of our guests graciously gives of their time on this podcast to invest in Parker's dream and to help him be part of the sports world he loves so dearly. Now, let's play ball! Welcome back, Fanatic Addicts. Today, I would like to introduce you to a, ma- a man among giants, a giants, a giant among men, and a man who I can't believe I'm speaking to of his stature, Mr. Joe Theismann, the man, Thank the you. myth, the legend. So, Thank Mr. Theismann. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mr. Theismann, please tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and your connection to the world of sports. All right. My name is Joe Theismann. I used to play for what a team was called the Washington Redskins. Now they're referred to as the Commanders. Uh, I went to the University of Notre Dame. I graduated in 1971. I spent 20-plus uh, years in broadcasting. And um, I try and raise as much money as I possibly can for various children's charities. And uh, I'm currently, uh, I do motivational speeches, as I guess you could call it my current job. And that's who I am. Very interesting. So what took you to Notre Dame? What took you to Notre Dame? How did you end up there? Well, interesting. I was recruited by a lot of different schools, and I actually signed at North Carolina State University. All the recruiting stopped, um, and the University of Notre Dame asked me to make a trip out, even after I had committed to North Carolina State. But because Notre Dame was and still is and basically an independent, I would not have lost any eligibility if I made the trip out changed my mind. Ultimately, I did. I flew out to South Bend, Indiana. Um, when I flew back after my visit there, my father asked me what I what I thought, and I said I had to go to Notre Dame. And he said, why? And I told him it just felt right. And I've believed this forever, since that time in my life, that a lot of times our gut uh, makes a better decision for us than even analyzing things to a, a great extent. So I trusted my gut and wound up going to the University of Notre Dame and things worked out well. Very interesting. So what is your favorite tradition at Notre Dame? You know, um, obviously it's watching the marching band come out. Oh, yeah. To, to watch our band come out of the tunnel and, and perform uh, before the game and at halftime is one of my favorite parts. And, of course, winning. That, that's the other thing, watching the team win. Was this in the Newt Rockney Newt Rockney days, or was he like, or were you way, way, way after his tenure at Notre Dame? <laughs> not, uh, it was way after. I uh, my coach was Errol Parsigian at the University of Notre Dame. Nice, and it comes to my attention that the pronunciation of your name was changed in college. Can you tell us that story? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, I was I was Joe Thiesman from South River, New Jersey until the beginning of my senior year at the University of Notre Dame, our sports information director called me in the office 
asked me how I pronounced my name. I told him it was Thiesman. He told me it was Thiesman. I told him again it was Thiesman, and I told him it was Thiesman. And he ultimately, um, I called my dad, and I said, Dad, how do I pronounce my last name? And he explained it was Thiesman. I told Roger that it was, and he said, there's a trophy out there called the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Roger Valdeseri was our PR guy. He said, there's a trophy out there called the Heisman Trophy. We have, think you have a chance to win it. I had a really good junior year, so we were getting ready for my senior year. And so as he um, as he explained to me, he said, we're not going to count on just the reputation of the university nor your athletic ability, but we think by just simply changing the pronunciation of your last name from Thiesman to Thiesman, you would have a chance to be able to win the Heisman Trophy. And that's how my name became Joe Thiesman. So did you ever win a Heisman Trophy? I did not. I finished second to Jim Plunkett in 1971. So how does your family pronounce the last name? Do they say Thiesman or Thiesman? Back when I'm back in New Jersey, I'm still Joe Thiesman, yes. And it just so happens that journalist Paul Feinbaum, you have, you, you probably, do you know who Paul Feinbaum is? Yes, I do. I, I, watch his, I watch his shows. Does a great job with college football. Yeah, me too. I've actually been on that show several times. So I'm going to give a shout out to Paul. Anyway, the reason why I'm telling you this is it just so happens that Paul Feinbaum, Feinbaum is not actually how you pronounce the name Feinbaum. Apparently, the original pronunciation was Feinbaum, but I guess he changed it to Feinbaum. I don't know why, but he told us that's like, if you remember one of his shows, he told that story. I can't exactly remember when, but you know. Well, you have the same situation with Tony Dorsett was pronounced Dorsett. Mm -hmm. um, so you have different ways of pronouncing people's last names. And some people, some of them just don't make any sense. Like Brett Favre, <laughs> even it's even though it's like the uh, you you would think that the it would be R then the V, right? But you know, but right. I mean, I I guess yeah. The English language is somewhat confusing. Anywho, <laughs> names are confusing. Yes, yes. Just because like Washington State had a had a defensive player back in the day, Rapati Patuatoa, which was literally spelled nothing like it sounds. Anyway, yep. you're right. That okay. Moving on from the enigma that are that are athlete names. Tell us about your NFL career. Well, I had a chance to play uh, in Washington my entire. Well, I started in Toronto. Spent three years with the Toronto Argonauts in 1971, 72, and 73. Broke my leg, only one bone, in 1972, and went to a Grey Cup, which is the Canadian equivalent of a Super Bowl, mm -hmm. uh, in 1971. Joined Washington in 1974, spent two years as a punt returner, 74 and 75, and then uh, sat on the bench in 76 and 77. In 1978, there was a coaching change from George Allen to Jack Pardee, and uh, Coach Pardee gave me a chance to play quarterback starting in 1978. He got fired in 1980, and Joe Gibbs took over in 81, and I wound up um, playing, you know, the next five, six years for Joe. And then in 1985, my leg was broken. It ended my career. But during that period of time, we went to Super Bowl 17 and won it. Uh, we played in Super Bowl 18 and lost to the Raiders. And not too many people realize this, but I actually broadcast Super Bowl 19 for ABC TV with Frank Gifford and Don Meredith, two legends in the game of broadcasting. So uh, it's, it was a fabulous run for me in Washington. I actually aspire to be a broadcaster. Some of my, some of my, some of my heroes are broadcasters. Like who? Uh, I mean, 
obviously, I mean, you, you probably don't know him, but uh, actually, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, uh, shoot. Uh, Rod Bramblett, who was the voice of the Auburn Tigers for a while. And then, uh-huh. um, uh, of course, Paul Feinbaum, but he's not really a broadcaster. Anywho. Right. Um, right. Dominique Wilkins. And then, uh, uh-huh. uh yeah. What That's great. It's always good to have people to model yourself after and learn from. But it's mostly radio guys. Like, I don't know, Eli Gold from the University of Alabama. Uh, you know, yeah, those guys. Sorry. Sure. I, 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 I know. I, do you remember the feeling when you won the Super Bowl? Did what? Do you remember the feeling that you had when you won the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. I do. It's the most incredible moment in my life in the world of sports. Um, it. It's fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Uh, you dream about it, you think about it, and then all of a sudden the opportunity is there. And when you have a chance to win it, it's almost uh, undescribable or indescribable when it comes to um, basically the emotions that you go through. So I'm going to add on to what you said about um, Joe Gibbs. It just so happens that he owns a he owns he's a he owns a NASCAR something I mean, like yes he, he's very he's very successful in nascar as a matter of fact he owns joe his own team, is the yeah. only person i know that is in the professional football hall of fame and the nascar hall of fame yeah um it, so it just so happens that um through ace like i like i got to go like when they like when they did their you know like every year children's miracle network they have the racing for miracles sure that's right so last july last july june or whenever like during the quake like the they chose the quaker state 400 and and every year during said children's miracle network nascar race they always choose a driver to represent children's anyway um so who happened to be christopher bell who drives for joe gibbs racing so and uh-huh. like, so they had a media day like so like they had some of the miracle kids do drawings and the drawings were on the car and so and so they had a media day that was and like where they unveiled the car and Joe Gibbs was there and he was wearing his ring. So I got to try on his Super Bowl ring. That, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's, well, he's got three of them. <laughs> I do have another question about broadcasters. Did you call did you by any chance call Super Bowl 45 with one Bob Papa? No, I did not. Actually, well, I did. We did an international broadcast. Uh, Bob and I did it out of New Orleans. We did an international broadcast. So yes, I have done. I have done Super Bowls with Bob as well. Was it? But was it Super Bowl forty-five? It was the one in New Orleans. I'm not sure of the exact number. Yeah, I don't because like I saw it. On, I saw on a like on a YouTube video like a highlight like highlights from said Super Bowl forty-five, but in Lego form. And for and it was you and Joe thought, and it was you and Bob Papa calling the game. Yeah, probably was Super Bowl forty five, huh? Uh, I could, sh- I could send you the video later. I don't, I don't know if you want would you want to check that out, but I, I appreciate you. That uh, thank you. That would sorry. be nice. I, I know I'm making. A, I'm, I'm totally sorry. Okay, sorry. Who was your favorite okay. coach? Or oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So, who was your favorite coach or mentor, and why? Well, uh, I, I really appreciate all my coaches, but the man that taught me how to play football was a gentleman named Joe Wall. Joe was, uh, was he coached the, the Jets. Um, there's a stadium named after him um, at um, 
the university in, in Pittsburgh. And um, he was a very special man. He really taught me about reading defenses and how to play the game of football. So who is, so what's his name? Joe Walton, W-A-L-T-O-N. And there's a stadium named after him? Yes, there is. Which yep. stadium is it? I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of the college, uh, but it's in Pittsburgh. Could it, but you can, you might can look it, be, it up and Could it find be out, Duquesne sure. University? Where? Duquesne University? No, it's not Duquesne. Okay. No, no. But that was a good guess. I know it's not the University of Pittsburgh because, well. That's correct. It's not that either. Uh, and, and, but that's not important. You're, 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 uh, you're the star today, man. And, okay. Anywho, what is your, okay. Here's a two part question. What out of all the stadiums you've played, you you've traveled to, to play in, whether it was a home, like a road game or a neutral site game, what was your favorite? My favorite was RFK stadium in Washington, which was our home stadium. And as far as road games go, it was the Coliseum in Los Angeles. I oh, really yes. it out there as well. The Los Angeles Coliseum. Yes. And then what about your favorite stadium as a fan that you visited? I haven't visited many as a fan. I visited them as broadcasters. Um, I can tell you that um, the new Tampa Stadium is nice. The Carolina Stadium is nice. Um, obviously, um, the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, Mercedes-Benz oh, yeah. Stadium is beautiful. There's a lot of really beautiful facilities. So SoFi Stadium out in Los Angeles. Um, They've all just really uh, become magnificent venues to be able to play football in. Very cool. Very cool. So do you have any advice for me since I want to go into broadcasting? Yeah, I just uh, the advice, continue to do what you're doing. Uh, get yourself experience. Talk to people who are in broadcasting, broadcasting and ask them, first of all, why they wanted to do it. Secondly, are there any things that they work on as far as getting better at their profession? Wow. So, uh, so it was, say that again. Sorry. So the, the advice was? Basically, basically, number one, talk to people about who are in the business. Um, get to know why they wanted to be in the business and ask them how they continue to try and improve as a broadcaster one of my favorite things to do is is like I, i'm a i'm an avid sports fan and all the heck like but i'm from atlanta so but he, but i've become a neutral fan and there's a story uh -huh. behind that but i'll but that's not but all but since but this isn't really about me it's about you so before we, so once we hit <laughs> once we go off the air if you don't mind sticking around for a few minutes i'll explain i'll tell that story absolutely so like I'll, I'll, what what I'll do is I'll just I'll listen to like I'll, I'll basically listen to any game on the radio. But there's always that. But there's always that one game I can't listen to. You know why? Two words: geographical blackouts. Oh, geographical blackouts are the worst. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like mean, imagine this: yeah. like you oh you go out you go on a business trip on the other side of the world, and you. But your team, but your home team has a game, right? Well, at this at this day and age, with the technology and television, you pretty much can watch anything if you have the right network. But yeah, but the question is, how the heck would you bypass the blackout policy? Like, uh, I mean, sure, you would, you could get like a streaming service. Sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk about this later. I 
I, I know. That's okay. okay. So besides, like the, you could get a streaming service. You're right. So besides the Super Bowl, what is the greatest sports moment of your career? It would be beating the Dallas Cowboys in January of 1983 before uh, the Super Bowl we played in. The opportunity to be able to play the Cowboys at home for a chance to go to the Super Bowl was a game to remember. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. Do you have a number? Do you do you have a sporting event that is on your bucket list that like that you haven't attended yet that you want to attend? That's interesting. Um, um, probably maybe the Masters mm -hmm. at Augusta. That might be. That might be. That's definitely on my bucket list to be able to go to the Masters and watch those guys play because I love golf. Very cool. Very cool. So, any other stories you think our listeners would like to know? I think we've covered an awful lot, uh, to be honest with you. So I think it's been a great opportunity, Parker. I appreciate the chance to be able to do the show with you. I wish you all the luck in the world. You have a great foundational start. Uh, I love your enthusiasm and your passion for the game. And I just wish you all the luck in the world. Yeah, thank you. So You're welcome. Okay, on this podcast, we're all sports fanatics. So the last question we ask as a fan, what do you think is the all-time greatest moment in sports? Gosh. Oh, gee. There's – how do you pick one? I mean, there's so many spectacular moments um, when it comes to, to sports. Uh, Mark Spitz winning as many gold medals as he did in the Olympics. Um, you know, obviously, the, the incredible games that – uh, that are called the Super Bowl. There's so many of them that have been so, so, such magnificent moments. Um, I, I really don't know one in particular, to be honest with you. I just love sports like you do. Yes. So there's a lot of great moments. Thank you so much, Mr. Theismann. Oh, and can you do me a favor and like share this podcast with anyone and everyone you might know who is somewhat connected to the sports world, like maybe former NFL, maybe former NFL players like yourself? I'll do everything I can, Parker. Oh, and here's another question for you. Do you so I know that the red the sorry, the commanders are now the commanders, but they used to be, you know. I'm not gonna yep. say it because I don't I know I know what they used to be. Do you remember, do you do you like do you still refer to them as such or do you now or do you or have you been referring to them as the commanders? I refer to them as they are the commanders, but when people introduce me, they introduce me as a former Washington Redskin. Because that's what I was. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish they had stuck with the foot, the name football team. You know, the lot, Washington people, football team. A lot team. of people feel. A lot of people feel that way. They feel that, you know. I mean, but we've had. And we're probably going to have a new one in a year or so again. So I think new ownership's going to change the name. Very cool. Very cool. All right, fanatics. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Fan and Fanatic. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to follow or subscribe, or whatever your podcast app says to do. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For my broadcast partner, Ryan Grilecki, this is Parker Grilecki saying, Game, Set, Match! <laughs>